Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about the elections. We have runoff elections going on right now for Austin City Council uh, in Austin, Texas here. Uh, we're also going to talk about you know, some shootings that have happened around the country. I also want to talk about Austin Mayor Steve Adler. He's made national news uh, because the mayor, after attending a wedding in Austin, Texas, off of South Congress Avenue, uh, took a trip to Cabo after telling everyone to stay home, stay safe, don't go out, don't be in large gatherings, don't, you know, don't spend that Thanksgiving with your family, you know, you should stay, you know, just yeah, keep it with just the people in the household. Instead of doing any of that, any of that he decided to go to Cabo. Take his whole family. He attended a wedding of 20 people before even going there. So we're going to talk about that. But first, before I talk to you about that, I do want to talk to you. Um, there's a picture I want to show you. This picture. Uh, I want to show you there's a, one of my little family members. I don't get a chance that often to talk about, you know, my family uh, that much, my immediate family, you know, because at my home, you know, I have my other half, I have myself. And I have four little girls, four female pit bulls. And this week, and I, I want to do a side-by-side -side shot of this. Uh, this week, uh, one of my, my little girls uh, had a little accident. I don't want to get into details of that. And we had to put her to sleep. You know, and it's, it's harder when you, you put one of your, your little family members, your four-legged friends, you have to, you know, make that decision to put them to sleep. She was eight years old. One thing about Nina. That was her name, Nina. Nina was uh, a very special, special dog because they wanted to put her to sleep because she was partially blind. And so they were going to put her to sleep as a little baby. Instead, we decided to rescue her, bring her into our house, and raise her up 
And she was, you know, man, she was a great little girl there. And all the things she wanted to do was just sit next to you, be that little warm body and just, you know, just let you pet her, you know, the entire time. So this week we had to make that decision of, of putting her to sleep unexpectedly. Uh, she was eight, eight years old, had a little accident there. And they said it was going to take like three surgeries to, to come out of this. And we just couldn't put her through that. Uh, she was breathing, you know, really bad. And so he had to make that decision to send her to her final resting place. And that was very hard. And when you make a lot of people have had to make decisions like that during this this 2020 year during the pandemic, uh, whether it's a family member, uh, a mother, a father, uh, grandfather, grandmother, aunt, uncle, brother, sister. Uh, you've had to make a decision uh, or something has happened where someone's going off to their final resting place and you cannot have the entire family attend even the funeral, even a funeral. And so even at the, the hospital for my little four-legged girl there, we couldn't have everyone in the room, you know, when we sent her off to her final resting place. I can only have one person in the room. We couldn't even do it outside in the parking lot. We only, had, only could send one person inside the room to do this. And that hurt me to my core. And to hear her take her last breath, to struggle for that last breath, was very heart disheartening. Uh, it, it hurt me very deeply. It took a lot of me uh, this week. And then to have our mayor, Steve Adler, tell us we need to stay home, don't do large gatherings. And as a matter of fact, I want you to listen to a little of what he had to say. Because he said, you know, stay home, don't do large gatherings. Uh, but instead, he had a wedding of 20 people uh, got on a plane and then drove to Cabo and did a video from Cabo, you know, uh, telling everyone to stay home. Take a listen to this. You know, stay home if you can. Do everything you can to try to, to keep the numbers down. This is not the time to, to relax. We're going to be looking really closely. Uh, and, and I'm going to add a new message. We have trying to do contact tracing to see if... We may have to close things down if we're not careful. Uh, if we're gonna be closing things down, it would be great to be able to do it in a really surgical way and going really specifically to things that- So we, you know, we do everything in our power to do the right thing. We, we wanna make sure everyone is safe. I wanna make sure my family's safe, your family is safe. So we go through all these little measures to make sure everyone's safe. And then, you know, we expect, you know, the information that we're getting from our leaders is the correct information. And we don't expect for them to be hypocrites in, in the information they're given, given to us. Uh, so, you know, the mayor, you know, his attitude is, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. And so with that, it's time to send him packing. It's time to send the other city council members packing because it's time to make a change in this city. It is time for us to, you know, claim, reclaim our city, get it back, you know, do something with the homeless situation. Uh, let's get people back to work. Let's take care of, let's, you know, hopefully we can get the, uh, the antidote out to, you know, everyone so we can get this economy rolling again, get this country rolling, get this state rolling, because this needs to come to a halt. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, uh, it's, it's good for some people, but not good for others. You know, there's rules for others and not rules for, you know, certain people. But you know what? It's time for us to fight back. And so in fighting back, I want to invite Mackenzie Kelly who is running for city council 
I want to invite her to the show to talk about, you know, Austin City Council. What are some of the things she would like to do? Because we need to get these people that are in office right now in this city. We need to get them out of office because they don't care about us. They don't care that we're not safe. They don't care that violent crime is increasing in this town. They don't care. You know, I have to sit in my in my office and listen to ladies come to me crying because of certain, you know, things that have happened with crime, you know, where someone's stalking them or something like that, and no one is coming to their aid and their assistance. So I, you know, I have to, you know, pull them up by their bootstraps, put a gun in their hand, put some ammunition in their hands, take them to the gun range and teach them how to defend themselves because no one else is going to care about them. Uh, but we shouldn't have to get to certain, you know, to to certain extent when it comes to doing certain things. Uh, but you know what? Mackenzie Kelly, you know, welcome to Come and Talking. Thank you so much for having me on today, Michael. And I'm so sorry about the loss of your girl. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, Mackenzie, tell, you know, tell me, you know, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, we can do uh, in, in Austin? You know, what are some things you want to do to make change this city? Well, I, I definitely think that we need to keep our police department funded, meaning reform has to happen. But here we are in 2020, where our police staffing levels are back to where they were in 2015. I'm running for office in District 6, which is a far northwest part of Austin. And I've heard from multiple residents and I've seen in reports that our officers are having increased response times because they're pulled to other parts of the city. So if somebody's experiencing crime over here in District 6, it's highly probable that it'll take an officer a lot longer to get out here than it should if our staffing levels were great. Um, you know, reform can't happen in the police department, and we can't get better officers out on the streets if we're canceling cadet classes. Mm. Mm. That is correct. You're right. Uh, and, 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 you know, because you know, you know, we, we expect for law enforcement to respond when we contact or call 911 we want them to respond to those calls, but they can't if they don't have the resources. They don't have enough officers out there to respond to those calls. Uh, and and we're, we're demanding so much of them. We're asking so much, so many calls for services, you know, barking dogs or things of that nature. So many different calls for services out there. Uh, and I think that are very, you know, way out of the realm of what we're, you know, what officers are supposed to do. Exactly. And that speaks to what you're saying about women who are scared and they're coming in to get a firearm to protect themselves. I mean, this is almost unprecedented from what I've heard with the amount of people who are going out to learn how to shoot a gun just so they can protect themselves. Absolutely. And McKenzie, you know, with city council, you know, what, what's going on? You know, what, what, what's happening at this council? You know, what, what are some of the things that a city council member can do, you know, to make the city of Austin better? Yeah, uh, well, not pushing dangerous policies that make the city less safe. That's, that's the first thing, first and foremost. I think, too, people are upset about property taxes. But going back to what you were saying earlier about Mayor Adler being in Cabo and being a complete hypocrite, the city council hasn't spoken out against it. I mean, we really lack independent voices on our city council right now, which leads to unanimous decisions like canceling the police cadet classes when Austin is short-staffed and already underprotected. Um, it's no big deal to say the mayor made a mistake because he did. And we need more people who are willing to stand up and say something when something's not right. A lot of people have said, you know what, you're going to be the lone conservative on the diet. How can you really get anything accomplished? And sometimes it's, it's a good thing for somebody to dissent or to say that they have a different opinion of how things are going or how things need to be. Because that one voice 
can have a vast difference on the way others are voting. Mm, that's right. And, and, and it's not only you that's running. There's a, another candidate that's also running uh, for office, uh, Jennifer Verdant. Is that, I said yeah. it right? Okay. And in she, District 10. In District 10. Uh, so there, there, you know, we have uh, Mackenzie Kelly that's running for office, Jennifer Verdant that's running for office uh, for city council, and they're running against incumbents. So if you are tired of – if you're sick and tired of what's happening in, in Austin, you know, you think that city of Austin is getting worse when it comes to violent crime. Uh, if you think the city of Austin is getting worse when it comes to the homeless situation and how we're dealing with that, uh, within – this is your chance. This is your opportunity to do something about that right now. We have a candidate right now that's trying to get into this seat that's running for office. It's in the runoff election. Right, Mackenzie? You're in a runoff election. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to, you know, get you in. You got to get you in office. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a fight. We've clawed our way to where we are and we fought hard to get to this runoff. And we need every vote we can. And speaking of the homeless situation, back in January this year, I was downtown with some friends of mine. And as we were walking back to my car, we were walking right by APD headquarters, and I witnessed two homeless people stab each other. Mm. And it was like 7 30, 8 o'clock at night. I mean, that, that doesn't need to happen. We mm. need to give the homeless a place to go where they can camp, but also just allow the ability for them to have social services and to be safe and to be healthy. Um, nobody, nobody wants someone to experience homelessness, but the lack of forethought from our city council members when they allowed them to camp everywhere is appalling. We need someone who's going to be on the diet that makes fact-based and data-driven solutions, and it's forward-thinking about the effects that their policies are going to have on the community. Mm. And can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, with the defunding of the police and crime going up, the city council lacked forethought in seeing that uh, less officers were going to provide less protection to the community. As far as the homelessness situation goes, with everybody camping everywhere and people coming in from all across the state to be here to be homeless, um, they're emboldening the homeless. There's more crimes happening out of desperation with the homeless. And our city really needs to provide resources to help these people systemically attack the reasons they're, that are causing homelessness instead of just buying million-dollar hotels in order to, to house them there. Wow. That's right. And, and, and give, man, can you give us some details on, on, on how the, the current you know, city council has actually dealt with the homeless situation, you know, with start of uh, the policy of getting rid of the you know, sitting and lying, the camping ordinance, and then how they progress to – trying to uh, turn or uh, buy different properties. Can you kind of expand on that a little more? Yeah, my understanding is that the city, you know, they, they took away those ordinances so that the homelessness could, quote unquote, come out of the darkness or out of the shadows. And, and they have. And so now what we see across the city is these camps with people experiencing homelessness that have popped up under all of the bridges and overpasses. We've got individuals experiencing homelessness that are panhandling regularly um, in order to get some money. And some of it is aggressive panhandling. And so it's intimidating to a lot of individuals who are driving throughout the city. And then the city has decided that they needed transitional housing for these people. So they've bought hotels and they're allowing the homeless to live in those hotels, which I could see as being helpful. But I haven't seen any data on how that's helping address the needs of the homeless. Now, um, I went out to Community First Village, 
which for those of you that don't know, it's a place where people who are experiencing chronic homelessness are lifted up out of that situation. They apply for a place to live there and they go through a rigorous process in order to apply and they go through interviews and they are ending chronic homelessness at Community First Village. Alan Graham is doing a great job. He believes that people that are experiencing homelessness um, are doing so because of a catastrophic loss of a family unit or a support system, and they replace that. And they provide jobs for these people experiencing homelessness, and the people there pay to, to live in a tiny home or in a tent, whatever they prefer. And I think that's an excellent example and hold of that, how hold, the city— And hold that thought, um, uh, uh, Kelly uh, McKenzie, because uh, when I come, we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about more, more of that a little bit and also get into this thing of the Proud Boys, and we're going to get rid of that rumor and what's going on there. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about the Austin City Council elections. We're also talking about uh, Austin Mayor Steve Adler and his hypocrisy. Uh, you know, there are rules for thee, but not for me. You know, and he has no shame whatsoever at first. And all of a sudden now, he's now coming back and apologizing for going to Cabo after having a wedding. You know, and this year, you know, we've had to have, you know, a lot of people are trying to have a lot of different events with their family and stuff like that. You know, but we've had to forego that because of COVID-19 just so we, you know, can, you know, do social distancing. So but, you know, not everyone's doing that. You know, unfortunately, you know, if you're mayor, you know, you don't have to do those things. You can do whatever you want because you're mayor of this city while telling people to do what they need to do. Uh, but we have on the phone Mackenzie Kelly 
who's running for Austin City Council. Uh, McKenzie was telling us about, you know, the city of Austin. We're talking about the the, the camping and 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 how and I guess the different plans that the city had and some things that she you know think are good for the city as far as uh, the housing and things of that nature. So go ahead and expand on that a little more, McKenzie. Oh yeah, um, thank you so much. We we need to look at models for addressing chronic homelessness that are working are working and proven. And we need to, to do those instead of buying millions of dollars in hotels and wasting taxpayer money. It would be a good idea to look at what's working and try and model that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, there's this stuff going around about the Proud Boys. And I'm a, let me, and let me say this, you know, first of all, I would never, ever associate myself with anyone that's part of the Proud Boys or any other organization that I think uh, that is possibly a racist organization or anything like that. Uh, not once, not one bit, not ever. I don't know anything about the Proud Boys at all, uh, but I know I wouldn't associate myself with, you know, anyone that's part of, you know, that group or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, who I think is actually racist. I wouldn't, wouldn't have them sitting at my table, wouldn't have a discussion with them and, and anything like that. So uh, I don't know anything about the group themselves, but what I do know is that Mackenzie Kelly is a top-notch person. I'm telling you right now. Uh, I would put 100% everything I have behind Mackenzie Kelly as being the person that I think is best to be city council, uh, to run this city, to, to make decisions for the city, for her constituents, uh, to, you know, and to do what you know, she thinks is right for the city of Austin. I think we need Mackenzie Kelly to be that person that is sitting at, at city council in those meetings and making decisions uh, on what we should do with public safety, making decisions on what we should do with the budget and, you know, actually auditing the city and, you know, and figuring out what's going on, where the funds are going and things of that nature. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Mackenzie Kelly is the person, you know, that can do the job. I know she can do the job. Thank you for that. Um, I, I definitely don't associate with those groups. I know that I was at a refund the police rally where I was invited as a guest speaker and I spoke about how important it is for us to back the blue and to support law enforcement. It was a public event and there was a large group of people there. My, I mean, I would never, and it makes me so mad that people are associating me with that group because they don't represent my values or beliefs. I've been nothing but cordial out in public when people come to say hi to me or take pictures with me. I can't do a background check on everybody I take pictures with. But those guys jumped into the group photo last minute. They snuck into it. There's video online of them doing that. And they threw up those hand symbols. In the photo, I'm not even facing the same direction they are. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, really, what happens when you run a political race and when you're considered a threat the allegations that get thrown at you. It's right. a very, very dirty game. And unfortunately, I'm seen as a threat. And so that's the narrative that my opponent is trying to to sway, that and, I'm a racist or that I hang out with white nationalists. And I don't. And the funny thing is, that's all they have. <laughs> that's all they have. You know, that's all they can say about you. That's nothing. You know, so I wouldn't even worry about it. Move on from there. You know, because I, I know that 
that tells me that you are a serious candidate for this race and they are seriously afraid of you. That That's all they can say. That's all they can muster. That's all they can dig out of their out of their out of the ground. In their backyard is that because someone came out of somewhere and stood in a photo with you. <laughs> right. That, you know, you know, I mean, you, you know, how many photos I take with people, you know, I mean, how many hands I shake people that walk to the shop, uh, how many people, you know, people are wearing face masks nowadays. I don't even recognize anyone's face. So for all I know, I've could I could have taken, you know, pictures with the the head of the KKK and I wouldn't even know it. <laughs> you know, and that's just where we are today. Uh, so, yeah, you know, everyone's wearing a face mask. You know, you just don't know. Eh, whatever. Let's move on from there. What do you think, Felicia? I mean, yeah, it's no secret but- that I I love Mackenzie. I'm in District six. I'm excited that she's running. Um, I tell all my friends and neighbors in the area like, hey, did you know there's a runoff election? I really need you to go vote for Mackenzie because. That homeless camp right by our house keeps growing, and she's the only one who has a like a true solution to fixing it or actually wants to have a conversation to get Austin back on track. So Mackenzie's a friend. I'm excited she's running. Um, plan on block walking for her next weekend. So hold me to that. <laughs> and then you're talking about some, uh, some uh, I guess, some pop-up tents or something that you've seen in the city and stuff like that. Yeah, so I drive a lot. I'm always going to one one event or another, and I happen to live, in, again, in northwest Austin, so right where um, Mackenzie is running. And what you've seen there in probably, God, the last eight months is awful. Um, I'm one of those females who is by myself 90% of the time who has increased the amount of, of firearms I have in my house because the increase in break-ins in my area um, – has probably tripled since I moved there almost four years ago. And I just, I, I don't, I don't feel safe. I don't walk around by myself at night anymore. Uh, not even to my mailbox or to the dumpster to throw trash away. Mm. So it's just gotten really bad. And then even in South Austin, I went, I went to central Texas Gunworks earlier this week and a man has actually, I assume it's a man. I don't think a woman would do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> has actually um, put his tent about 18 inches from like the edge of the the like retaining wall, I guess, for for the for the freeway on two ninety. And I'm like, what if he steps out of his tent tonight? I mean, I'm sure he's drunk a lot, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just there's just so many safety hazards going on with this camping ban and it's just it's killing our city. Oh yeah, absolutely. What do you think, McKenzie? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I was born and raised in Austin and I've lived in District Six for my almost entire life, um, different parts of District 6, and just seeing how badly our city is degraded and hearing about the crime rising from residents, knocking on doors, talking to voters, and they're worried about crime. I mean, this used to be the safest part of town, and now it's not. People are scared. And really, these are quality of life issues that we're trying to fix over here. They're nonpartisan. It is nonpartisan to want to live in a safe city. It is nonpartisan to want to make sure that your city is safe and clean. Those are things that need to be addressed. They're not being addressed currently. And they're things that I can definitely have an impact on once I'm elected. All right. So, and, and McKinsey, tell people about the, the election, the runoff election. Uh, it's already started. When is it in? When is it election day? Um, and then where can they find information about you and how can they help you as well? Yeah, so our election started on December 3rd. Early voting goes through December 11th. Our district is in both Williamson and Travis counties, and so the voting locations are on our website. 
It is mackenzie4austin.com forward slash runoff. You can find out where to go to vote by visiting that area. Our actual election day is on December 15th. And so it's really important that you just turn out and vote. I could take all the prayers that anybody's willing to send my direction. You can donate to my website um, or donate on my website and learn more about me at mackenzie4austin.com. You can also go on Facebook. There's a lot more information about my platform and what my ideas are to fix the city there. Um, just search for Mackenzie Kelly for Austin City Council, and I'm on Twitter at mkelly007. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Mackenzie. Thank yeah. you. I hope you guys have a great day. All right, hold on, Mackenzie. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually uh, looked at Mackenzie's opponent's YouTube page, mm. and I looked at one of his videos that uh, or podcast or whatever it would be that he had posted uh, the week of the general election back in November. And he had two thumbs ups and 244 thumbs down on his video. <laughs> I have never seen such a bad ratio mm. in my entire life on a YouTube video mm. as this one. So if he gets well, elected, that, then I would be really, uh, something's going to be smelling fishy. You should go to his Twitter. People are taking selfies with their with their <laughs> I voted stickers and saying why they voted for him and he's retweeting and thinking them. And I just look at them and if you scroll through some of their tweets, they're voting for Flanagan and then simultaneously complaining about the state that Austin is in. I, I That makes no sense. Well, that's because people are stupid, Michael. It just makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're complaining about the city and what's happening. You're 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 talking about the crime and, and, and how it's increasing, how the city is changing. Talking about how there's you know no more live music in Austin right now. This supposed yeah. to be the live music capital of the world. You know we talk about that. And the city council just approved a huge multi million dollar, I don't know bailout or I don't I don't remember the terminology they used. It's 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 a it's taxpayer money right. to help these music venues who can't have live music. Yeah. Or we could just lift the restrictions because bars across the state, live music venues across the state have opened. Adler and the judges here have chosen to not open them up. Mm. They're doing this to themselves. But he can go to Cabo. <laughs> but I can't see my grandma for Thanksgiving or I'm a bad person. <laughs> McKenzie, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say all across, uh, you know, if you look at the different pods, uh, the social medias between mine and his, he's getting a lot of negative feedback on the policies that he's done and people are very vocal and angry and i will say that anger is a good motivator especially in a runoff election where turnout is less to get people out to vote so i really feel like we are perfectly positioned in this runoff election and the voters are going to have their voices heard at the ballot box absolutely all right thank you mckenzie kelly uh thank you so she's running for Austin City Council. You want something changed in the city of Austin? You want something done for the better? There's your candidate right there, Mackenzie Kelly. All right, so uh, we come back from the break. I'm going to talk about some things that we're going to do next weekend. We're going to have a special guest in Austin next weekend. Going to have a special event. Uh, going to have a nice little treat for you. And, and we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk this is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about uh, Austin City Council runoff elections. We're also talking about Austin Mayor Steve Adler and his hypocrisy about going over the Cabo. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> the rules for thee, but not for me. <laughs> That's it was a lapse are. in judgment. A lapse in judgment. That's right. That's what he says. <laughs> it's not a lapse in judgment. A trip to Cabo just doesn't happen. You have to make sure your passport's in order. He went on a private jet, so there's a big hefty, you know, fee with that. You have to pack. You have to get to the airport. You have to get on the plane. I think you he have was to drunk. go through pre-check. I think wait, while he was sitting there giving that speech, I swear he was drunk. Did you hear his? He was reasoning? in Cabo. <laughs> would, I would have been having a pina colada, hanging out, saying these losers in Austin, and I'm going to the beach. <laughs> see ya. I can. See I'm the, out. I can see the beach from here. <laughs> Did you see the, the transcript from the KUT interview? No, no. What did it say? Casey, can you pull that up real quick so people can read it? Oh, my So here, goodness. the question was not framed very well, but essentially they said, the, per, the interviewer asked, when, when you need to stay at home but you don't use the word travel, <laughs> are you, is home basically, is it Cabo? Which obviously is not where he lives. And this is Adler's answer verbatim. I'm just going to read it. I just don't think anybody hears that and believes that what I'm saying there is people shouldn't leave their house mm. because our guidelines allow people to leave their house. And I leave my house. <laughs> There's not an expectation that people are going to sequester at home and not venture out. And I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think that people hear that and think that I'm asking them not to go outside. That's 100% what we think we're asking because... <laughs> When there's a big holiday, they shut down the parks and say, don't go outside. Yeah. And I feel like it's been pretty clear. Not to mention <laughs> that this is a public official who's setting these, these, these rules, these orders, these guidelines, whatever you want to call them. And he is attending a 20-person wedding. So not only is he traveling to another country, this guy is with 20 other people that are not in his immediate household. So he's breaking. He's doubled down, I Michael. Mean, Maybe all 20 live with him. He has, what, three condos at the W now? Uh, he's on the 26th floor of the W. He owns half that half half of that floor there, the 26th floor. Isn't he, didn't he knock down another wall? Isn't yeah. he buying another part yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he owns half the floor, 26th floor of the, the W. The man in the high castle, Zach. <laughs> Rules for thee, not for me. <clears throat> okay, hey, and then I also got this other uh, interview. Not an interview. It's uh, a podcast. It's Flanagan's podcast. Is Mackenzie Kelly still on? No, no, no. 
Oh, man. She, Mackenzie, if you're still watching, call back in. I want your feedback on this. <laughs> um, J- Jimmy Flanagan had this to say. Hello, Austin. Hello, Clawbackers. We are broadcasting live from Cabo. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. Sorry. We are, we are in District 6 uh, broadcasting to you live. Here we are at the Clawback episode 54. What do you think about that? Makes jokes about it, huh? He, that's tone deaf. I don't. I don't even make jokes that are that off color. This is the guy that gets the worst bad. ratio on YouTube ever. Worst ratio in history. That's in history. Guinness Book of World Records checked it. It's the I worst ratio it. in history. I've never seen one that bad. I was waiting for Casey to do a fake news thing. I don't know if that's the officially the worst ratio ever, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> How many thumbs up did it get? Four. Two. One. Two. <laughs> Two hundred forty-four thumbs that down. That is pathetic. And that I is a big statement. <laughs> yeah i don't know what that guy's thinking you don't make a joke like that after the especially not when you're in a runoff election was he joking though was he joking or maybe he really is in cabo come on man <laughs> you ain't black hey you know the other thing the other thing you got to think about is that uh the reasoning that adler gave for this was that girls, essentially he was saying girls deserve to have a nice wedding, <laughs> which, which is crazy. We got to wear a mask to go to the grocery store. Yeah. We have to wear a mask in our own businesses. In Pennsylvania, they were telling people they had to wear masks in their own houses for Ooh. Thanksgiving. And this guy's hanging out in Cabo, having a good time. If there's a resurgence in Austin, it's because Adler gave it to everybody. <laughs> it's completely his wedding. fault. That wedding was a super spreader event. Super super spreader spreader wedding. That's right. Mayor Adler had a super spreader wedding. Although I do have a request. So my 30th birthday is in February. Hey, Adler, can I borrow your plane? Because I really wanted to go. Does he have a private jet? Can we just have the floor, the 26th floor? Yeah. I just wanted to do something nice. And since I can't go anywhere and I can't go dancing and I can't go see a live show. Can we just go to take me to Cabo? I want a safe place. A safe space. What's it called? Remember those things where in college they were having kids like crying, crying closet? Like a crying closet? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. called, it's called the 26th floor of the, uh, the W Hotel, and in January he will have no... <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. You know, nobody that's watching this has context for that. <laughs> you realize that, right? I fell through my attic. She's telling me to go to my attic and... Oh, yeah. I missed that. I missed that. I, 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 uh, I stepped off a beam, Michael. Don't you know there are beams up there? You well, gotta stay on the beams. Don't you know there's beams up there? Now I do. <laughs> now my leg does. Every, I think everyone in the world knows that in their attic there are beams, and you have to stay on those beams. I actually have. Don't. I have a special attic. It's covered with plywood, and so you can. And walk. you still fell through though. Right. That's right. What are the odds? No, like, you have what? an attic that someone who lived before lived there before you put plywood down. Yes. And it's old. And Why? you can. But no, you can walk through it. But uh, we're not going to answer that question. The there's a there's a nine inch gap. Where you can't walk. And nobody told me this. Hold on, let me Google this address. I think there's a dead body there. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I uh, I stepped in the one spot that didn't have plywood. Mm. And uh, Felicia's telling me that I should go cry in my attic. At least there's nice ventilation now. (laughs) Casey's on point with the the, uh, sound effects today. Uh, but yeah, Adler, you know, Flanagan's over here shooting himself in the foot. Adler's, mm. that's a major hypocritical moment for the the, the most popular mayor that Austin floor. has ever seen. 26th <laughs> floor, W Hotel. In January, you'll have no security. <laughs> that, because they're pulling that funding. Okay, I don't want to get Austin put on a list. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> so back wow. to you. Wow, so everyone's Gary? steering away from that one. <laughs> oh, don't be Anyways, scared, people. News. I don't want Casey to yell at me again. Don't be scared. Watch it. Watch it. I know. I always have little voices in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, Flanagan. Flanagan. Did you guys even know he had a podcast? No. I stopped caring what Jimmy Flanagan said when I messaged him one time about a bad transportation bill that I didn't support, and he's my city council representative, and he told me that he didn't care what I thought, regardless if I was a constituent, because I had a bad employer. Ooh. Ooh, sounds like like, a real... Um, Actually, that's not how local government works, but okay. So he doesn't care about his constituency. Oh, absolutely not. Well, he cares when he sees them in their Veterans Day parade. Yeah, my experience (laughs) with Jimmy Flanagan, driving the Central Texas Gunworks Veterans Day parade mobile... Driving down Congress. <laughs> Veterans Day Parade. I waved to Jimmy Flanagan, who's on the side of the street there. Short of and flipping us just, off. <laughs> he just looks at me, just shakes his head, doesn't even wave I would have definitely had what a, some. What a weak response. Just shy, what a, short of what flipping a weak us response off. from Mr. Flanagan. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're gonna act like that, give flip us the bird. Throw <laughs> rocks at us, you know? Open invitation, Flanagan. <laughs> Yeah, please throw rocks at Gary. I've never even I met mean... this guy. Yeah, throw rocks at me, buddy. Yeah, see what happens. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you think? We'll, yeah, no, we'll meet you at the gun range, Jimmy. Remember that deadly force <laughs> conversation we had a couple weeks ago? No. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Do you think there's coffee in these cups? Come on. <laughs> I like to party when I'm in the studio. All right, so let's talk about felons <laughs> and gun rights. <laughs> okay, so we got the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, Michael, do you know how to pronounce this name? Jonathan Turley? No, not that guy. That's the guy that wrote the thing. The um, Folatar Folajtar case against the, the Attorney General of the United States of America, William Barr. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Is that how you pronounce it? Regardless, anyways, there's this case where this lady uh, pleaded guilty to evading taxes, which is, you know, I don't know, whatever, not that big of a deal. But it's a nonviolent case, Michael, mm-hmm. and she is being denied her gun rights, and she is suing... William Barr, who is a Republican who is apparently not upholding gun law, gun Second Amendment, constitutional rights, like as we've talked about the past couple of weeks. I think felons deserve gun rights, especially I believe precedent was set that if it's nonviolent. Well, do you know what they mean when they say universal background checks, right? Uh, I'm assuming it has something to do with background checks universally. So I clear things up there for anybody wondering? When when they're talking about universal background checks, they're talking about, you know, private sales from one person to another. So like if you wanted to give your gun, you know, to say you want to give a gun to Zach. Say you want to give it to your son when he's of age. Right. You would have to do a background check on your son to give it to him because they are going to they want to pass laws to say that you you know, we're going to have universal background checks. I mean, you have to walk into a gun store, uh, fill out a form, and do a background check. To do a him. private deal. To do a pri- even do a private sale. So they're, trying, the they're, they're, they're trying, trying to, to do that. it like the way cars are, where you have to go to the DMV to, to sign over a title. Is it similar to that? No, but then no, they have no, to do a background no, We're talking about an FBI you. background no, no, I know. Check. I'm saying, like, they're basically creating a, a middleman where you have to engage with them. And, it's, and also, on top of that, they're adding a background check. FBI background check, yes. FBI background check. So for a private sale. So like let's say there's a what what is it in Texas? If you're a felon, you can own a shotgun in your house after five years. Is no, no, no. So, no. No. After five years in Texas, you can have a, a gun, period, at home for personal protection only after five years. Any any gun. After you're off, off paper, that is correct. Not okay. any but you gun. cannot you cannot buy that <laughs> firearm. You can't RPG? buy you can't buy it from a gun store. You have to get it as a private sales or, or as a gift. And they'll fail a background so check. So if you pass if you pass universal background checks, then that person would not be able to buy a gun, period. 
Okay, so universal background checks is um, anti-felon, essentially. Anti-someone that messed up and maybe deserves a second break. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, Universal matter. background checks are anti-everyone. Right. Anti-everyone. It's an unconstitutional barrier to your domestic right to Domestic violence. If you're convicted of domestic violence and they pass universal background checks, you did something, to, it was an ex-spouse. Let's say uh, it was a girlfriend. You're in high school, college, or whatever. You... You know, you touched her, you know, 30, 40 years ago. You're never going to be forgiven for that, you know, for the crime. So <clears throat> we come back from the break. We'll talk about that more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so this weekend, Saturday, matter of fact, on, what is it, December the 12th, we have a special event that we're going to have at Central Texas Gunworks. Uh, we're going to have Maj Teray. Maj, Black Guns Matter in the studio. I'm not in the studio, at the shop. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it at the shop. Uh, so we have this uh, flyer up. And then Maj Teray. All right, so Black Guns Matter. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a judge. Um, gonna have a surprise guest. Got a judge is gonna be there. Uh, he's also an, he's an attorney that represents law enforcement, police officers. Ooh. Gonna have him at the shop. Uh, we're gonna have Maj in town to talk about uh, you know just what Maj talks about. You know, history of gun control, where stuff come, come you know how stuff started, stuff like that. We're going to do some gun safety. We're going to talk about shootings, some recent shootings. We're going to talk about that stuff in context of what the law is uh, and stuff like that. We're going to have uh, uh, ATX Tactical, uh, Black ATX Tactical in the house. Uh, talk about that. So we're you know, we're going to bring a group of people together, you know, as many as we possibly can, do some social distancing, got to wear your mask, all that good kind of stuff, unlike the mayor's wedding. We should have had the event in Cabo. <laughs> unlike, right. unlike, well, his, his, the wedding was on Congress. Can we just say it's a wedding? Yeah, we could. Say it's Steve well, Adler's daughter's wedding. And we got, because we got a minister. Right? Come yeah. on, Michael. Why yeah. don't you think of these things quicker? Let's rebrand so it. It's going to be a wedding. When, when code, code enforcement, enforcement shows up, up, Michael, you, you, you hand them to me. This is, I will handle them. No, we want this to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, look, I'm the big producer guy. How you doing? <laughs> Yeah, so we're gonna have we're gonna talk about uh, use of force and daily force. Gonna get into we're gonna talk about some details uh, in the law that people don't typically talk about. Uh, I'm gonna you know remind people of you know different things as far as the you know how did the license the carry program even start? How did that handgun license program start in Texas? How did it start in other states you know around the nation? Um, also, um, I was gonna say, could we bring in Edwin Walker? No, we, we, this attorney, he is a judge. He's a judge oh, and, oh, and an he's attorney. A judge and, okay. Right, and then also we'll have the president of, of Texas and U.S. Law Shield in the house awesome. as well, the president from Houston. U.S. Uh, and Texas Law Shield is mm -hmm. awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's, this is a big deal. Uh, so we'll have a, some, a surprise guest there. I'll be there too. And you, you might make, maybe you give away some gifts. I'm not sure uh, just yet. But on Saturday, it's 3 to 6 on Saturday. you got to sign up. On the link on our website, you know, got to go to that link and 
do the sign up there in order to get a seat in the room. All right, so gonna so it's gonna it's gonna be a very good event. So that's gonna be good. So definitely sign up for it. And I think I'm not sure you know how many people have signed up already. I probably shouldn't say anything about it because it's probably already full. Uh, so definitely sign up for it before it fills up. <laughs> The uh, the link to that you're talking about the event uh, yeah the event the event bright link bgm black guns matter bgm underscore austin dot eventbrite dot com and those tickets are ten dollars uh, whatever it is you're gonna get that back so whether it's five dollars or ten dollars it may be five uh, I'm not sure what it's it is 10. is it ten okay yeah so ten dollars you're you're supposed to get that back and. Oh, and also, yeah, Gun Owners of America is actually sponsoring this as well. And Felicia's going to be there. That's right, Gun Owners of America. So definitely, you know, definitely you want to attend this. It's going to be a great event. And like I said, we're going to talk about recent shootings. We'll talk about some um, – look at it. In, look at things in the context of what the law says. Uh, can you shoot, you know, can you shoot someone in the back? You know, we're going to talk about that. Um, in what situations would you be able to, you know, to defend yourself against a law enforcement officer? We'll talk about that. Because uh, those are things that actually pop up in the LTC course. So I want to have in, attorneys, you know, in the house to talk about these different things um, and, and lay this stuff out for you. Because they, they ask me these hard questions, you know, you know, I get stuck with the hard questions in class. So I want to put the attorneys on the hot seat, you know, in this situation. And I think it's worth repeating that uh, Black ATX Tactical is going to be there. Gun Owners of America, Black ATX Tactical. The whole Come um, and Talk It crew is going to be there. Yeah, that's We're right. We're all going to be there. Um, so it's it's going to be a nice event. And you're going to meet Maj Ture, Black Guns Matter. Maj yeah. Ture, that's right. So if you want to meet him in person, uh, you've heard about him. You, you never met him before. Uh, this is your opportunity, December the 12th, 3 o'clock at Central Texas Gunworks. 3 o'clock, and it's three hours long, correct? That's right, because we're going to have a lot, of, six. a lot of stuff. It's a lot of information. We'll do gun safety. Like I said, it's, it's a lot. You'll be able to ask questions, you know, ask those hard questions you want to ask. You know, and, you know, don't get your information from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get it from one of the attorneys, the yeah. judge, you know, you know, and we'll get that information to you. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good, good event. All right, so let's talk about, you know, What's this governor vetoing, vetoing some bills? All right. The Pennsylvania so governor. The Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf. Tom Michael. Wolf. Tom Wolf. Big Daddy um, Wolf. Yeah, that's his nickname. Big Daddy Wolf. Yep, that's it. Is it really? Yeah. I just made that up. Uh, you, I don't know how you got it, but you got it. You, okay. you somehow guessed his nickname spot on. And he was born in Mount Wolf, Pennsylvania. Mount Wolf. Oh, man. You think his family is old money? You think they own that mountain? Could be. Could be. Um, Well, it says here that Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf vetoed two gun bills that would repeal laws intended to control the carrying of guns and prevent public officials from shutting down firearm sales during emergency proclamations. Yeah, I was uh, pulling it up. I got it here. The bills, which recently passed the Republican-controlled Pennsylvania State Senate, intended to limit Wolf's powers during the COVID-19 pandemic and moving forward. Wolf, a Democrat who supports broader gun control measures, has previously vetoed more than six such bills. The current disaster declarations in place are meant to help the administration fight the public health crises at hand and have no impact on citizens and their firearms rights. <laughs> Wolf's office said that. Can you believe that? They've, they're literally creating a bill that is, uh, I mean, he's, he's vetoing bills that are trying to help people acquire firearms during a disaster and he's saying this is not intended to con- to to manipulate their rights mm. but we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it 
That, <laughs> that's, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Pelosi hit the nail on the head there. Um, Rules for thee, not for me. It, this is very similar to Mayor Adler. They're all very the same. similar. They're all the same. I, you know, it's it's disappointing that you, we have these mayors and governors and city council members, Flanagan in particular, in this case, who clearly and uh, outright say that they don't care about certain aspects of their constituency. Because if Felicia's in District Six, six and she's you know more conservative minded. Then she is a politically a minority in that district, and he and this guy is essentially saying he doesn't care about a minority in his district. Mm. That's mm. not good. That's uh, I would I would uh, say that it's just shy of being sort of tyrannical um, if you just trample on s- certain people because they have no voice. You're supposed to be helping people that don't have a voice when you're in office, right, Michael? That's right. So what do we what do what do people do about this, Michael? We go and we change the. The legislation, right? We go and we and we protest, or we—I mean, what, what are you always saying? Go you to the, you, you go, get out the vote. Yeah. There's a runoff election to get them out of office right now, and the biggest thing that we can do to make an impact on that race is direct voter contact. For some reason, it says I'm a Democrat in Flanagan's um, data, so he knocks on my door like like twice, <laughs> like twice a week. So they're out there working. They're out there getting the vote out, and we need to make sure that conservatives are volunteering for Mackenzie Kelly as often as we can. Yeah, you're right. You know, and then you know, looking at this bill from Pennsylvania, the first bill would repeal a provision that states no person shall carry a firearm upon the public streets or upon upon any public property, and those who have a concealed carry license will be exempt. Lawmakers say say that the law has gone largely unenforced. And then the second bill, it would block both the governor and local public officials from suspending or limiting the sale of firearms during a disaster emergency. So the governor wants to basically wants to stop that, you know, say, hey, there's a disaster, there's an emergency. We want to stop people from being able to buy guns. That seems um, (laughs) asinine to me and like the opposite of what you should do. Yeah, Yeah, very counterintuitive. Very counterintuitive. Because during a disaster, what's going to happen? First responders are going to be spread thin and you have to be responsible to be your own first responder. Life and property and family. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so then uh, what else we got? We got a uh, – what's this uh, – Go. let's go back to this uh, Justice Barrett, you know, that case that you were talking about there. We go, let's go yeah. into detail with that. So, so I'm going to have to pull this up real quick to get the, um, you know, exact details here because I can't pronounce this name. But basically this dude wrote an op-ed for Fox News, and I'm just going to preface it with this. Um He's saying the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit has issued an opinion over the right to bear arms that has received little attention, uh, but that it should. And it's been 12 years since the Supreme Court ruled that the right to bear arms under the Second Amendment is an individual right, like freedom of speech or religion, which should have, been, should have gone without saying in the first place. However, the court left the scope of the right undefined at the edges, particularly when it came to limits on who can be excluded from gun ownership or whether certain guns can be excluded from ownership. Now, he's saying that this case... Of that, I mean, the decision in Fulaj Tar, Fulaj Tar, F O L A J T A R, versus the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr. He's saying that this decision is perfectly tailored for the new Supreme Court Justice uh, Barrett because 
It was a 2-1 ruling, and in ruling that a nonviolent tax conviction, nonviolent is key in this case, nonviolent tax conviction can result in the denial of gun ownership. The panel presents a clean case to further define the contours of the individual rights recognized in D.C. versus Heller in 2008. The Third Circuit case concerns Lisa Folajtar, who was denied the right to own a firearm. The reason was her pleading guilty in 2011, that's nine years ago, to willfully making a materially false statement on her tax returns. The plea led to a sentence of three years probation, three months of home confinement, a $10,000 fine, a $100 assessment, and get this. She also paid the IRS over $250,000 in back taxes, penalties, and interest, and she is still being denied the right to own a firearm. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so when it comes to felons uh, owning guns, just so you know that 4473, the form you got to fill out when you walk to the gun store, uh, one of the questions they ask you, question number one says, hey, is this gun... You know, for you, are the are you the actual buyer or transfer e of the firearm? Uh, question number two says, are you under indictment for any, any information in any court for a felony? And question number three says, have you ever been convicted in any court, including a military court, of a felony, including a military court? And then the next one is, are you a fugitive from justice? Are you running from the law? Have you crossed state lines? You know, are you unlawful user of, addicted to any controlled substance, such as marijuana, a depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Uh, then it says, have you ever been adjudicated in, as a mental defective? Have you ever been discharged from the armed forces under dishonorable conditions? That's right, a dishonorable, condi- a dishonorable discharge from military will prevent you from buying a gun. Uh, are you subject to court order, including military protection order issued by a military judge or magistrate restraining you from harassing, stalking, and threatening a child or intimate partner? Have you ever been convicted in any court of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence? Have you ever been re- Have you ever renounced your U.S. citizenship? I want to I want to point out that uh, earlier I mentioned that this is an anti this case is anti felon, and I want to clarify something. Obviously, Felicia said it's an, uh, that universal background checks and, and all this stuff is anti-everyone, which is true. But I want to specifically dissect something really quick that I feel strongly about. Felons should be allowed to, to own guns after maybe a certain period of time or after undergoing source, some sort of an assessment. But if you have been released from prison and you are, they've determined that you're safe to function in normal society again, you should be able to defend yourself in said society like everyone else. This case and universal background checks are all anti-felon specifically. Not anti-criminal, they're anti-felon. If you're a felon, that does not mean you're a criminal. If, you're, if you have committed a crime and you got hit with a felony and you did your time and you're out, you, you are no longer a criminal unless you're consistently and actively participating in crimes. So there's people that have made mistakes, like tax evasion, like a DUI, 
like getting in a fight on 6th Street. That those, those people should not be eternally disqualified from owning a firearm. So this is, this is very um, exclusive. This is the opposite of inclusivity. You're, we are not, this, this is not allowing someone who's trying to get their life together, possibly, to own a gun. It's, it is not fair on its face. It is discriminatory against people that have committed felonies and may be on the road to recovery, and it is not going to help them in any way get back into mainstream society. I have a very strong opinion about that. Somebody disagree with me. Right, what do you think? For once, I can't disagree with you on this. My personal opinion has always been that after a felon is off paper, they should have all of their rights restored. 100%. With the exception of possibly if somehow somebody got out of prison for, like, murder or well, attempted murder. Well, I think that or, also— you've, you've, gone, you've gone to jail. You paid your debt to society. and you don't, don't release them. That, that means you're Don't release them unless you think they're safe, They've right? been re- rehabilitated. Yeah, I totally agree. And that, that leads into the conversation that we need serious criminal justice reforms um, so that people who have committed murder are not released, right? So we're, we're keeping violent criminals kept away— and we stop this drug war stupidity. And if you were arrested for a small level of drugs, then you're out and you're off paper and you get to you get to go back to society. Everyone's want everyone wants to talk about tax dollars and how taxes are, you know, unsustainable at their current rates, but no one ever wants to talk about how we actually cut the budget and not arresting people for stupid things as a step in the right direction. Mm. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. Once you do your time, you pay your debt to society, then you should be I did my nickel. a member of society again. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people that are felons that cannot own guns, and guess what they do? What do you do? They own guns. <laughs> they're felons, man. I mean, like, they're, if they didn't obey the law once, they might not again. They might be – There's recidivism is a real thing. And also, if you, t- if you, if you made it not – if it was not illegal for them to own guns and they owned a gun, then they're not committing a crime. You you pass laws like this, and you know what you're doing? You're creating more criminals. Because? Why do you say that? Because there's another law that can be broken. It's just more laws. It's, it's, it's out of control. Mm. I mean, it's 100% the, the nanny state. Yeah. Um, the state has become this entity that somehow is now responsible to take care of everyone all the time. Is now responsible to take care of us, make decisions for us, and then also tell us what is and is not moral. But then you have the people running this government, like Mayor Adler, who aren't adhering to any to any of these guidelines yeah. that they set for us, quote, normal people. It's just, it's not sustainable, and it's all going to come to a head eventually. When? Revolution. You hear that, Michael? What's that? I whispered it so Casey didn't get mad at me. <laughs> you hear that, Michael? What is that? Oh, man, you got to pay attention. You got to be quick. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm just looking to see uh, that. He's on his phone. I just want everyone to know who's always mad at me for being on my phone. It's Michael. Uh, some Democrat lawmakers uh, introduced a joint resolution to remove the punishment clause from the 13th Amendment. You hear about that? Ooh, no, yeah, I didn't. it considers incarcerated people equivalent to slaves, basically cheap and free labor. And every single member of Congress uh, probably should back this. You you're know. talking about uh, you're, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the Kamala Harris pyramid scheme. <laughs> Why do you say that, Kamala? Well, Kamala. <laughs> it's um, it's it's where Kamala Harris locks up all these black guys <laughs> and then uses them as slave labor. Ooh. To you know, 
fund, you know, do whatever. The, I think one of the biggest problems note, problems I'm- is is we have a ton of for profit prisons, and that means that we have prisons profiting off the overreaching arm of the state. Um, and when that yeah. happens, yes. when that happens, we don't have any elected officials who want to cut that revenue revenue stream off to the state. And um, unfortunately, it all boils down to money. It's not re- it's not about rehabilitating criminals. It's not quote it's profiting getting, off of them. It's not getting dangerous people off the streets. They couldn't care less, and we're seeing that in Austin right, right. because they're not giving us law enforcement to protect us. Right. They're letting homeless people who are under, you know, uh, mental duress or under the influence of drugs and alcohol just out um, unsupervised in the streets. There's a significant increase in crime that cannot just be related to COVID. And if it was actually about tr- creating a true safe society, then we would be focusing our efforts on making society safe and not making a buck. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, there's not much more to really say to that, actually. I'm, Sorry, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to save that to, like, good sound bites. All right, so what this does is it says, as the nation, you know, grapples, you know, with issues of racial injustice and social inequality— Lawmakers on Capitol Hill are pushing to remove the so-called slavery loophole from the United States Constitution. So with the adopt, uh, adoption and ratification of the 13th Amendment 155 years ago, the practice of slavery formally ended in this country, but it did not strip away all aspects of involuntary servitude. So a joint resolution dubbed the Abolition Amendment introduced by Democrats in the House and Senate Wednesday seeks to correct that it would remove the punishment clause from the amendment, which effectively allows members of prison populations to be used as cheap and free labor. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as uh, as accepted as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So it sounds like a good bill on face value. So see if there are any other details, any amendments are added to the bill or anything like that. So uh, what do you guys think? A good bill? A what? What did you say? <laughs> I, I said, well, we'll see if there are any amendments added to it, any caveats, you know, as they as they go through the process. What? what? Are we talking about the same bill? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the same T- bill. Taking out the... You don't think that's good? Being able to treat... Prisoners as slaves? Yeah. Why not? Are we on the same radio show? <laughs> Am Did I? you hear anything that I just said? <laughs> okay, I think fine. I just all right, all right, okay. All right, I got okay. distracted for about two seconds. All right. things just got weird. Okay, all right, okay, all right. All right, it's a bad back bill. To his hey, did you hear that? Ways. Did you hear that guy in uh, that guy got elected in Nigeria whose name is Adolf Hitler? No, did he really? Yeah, black guy. Yeah, he promises. Kind of looks like you. He promises that he's not trying to dominate the world. I mean, yeah. we've never seen Why Michael and this Adolf Hitler that, in the same though. room, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never seen you. <laughs> you never. I just realized. Tread carefully. I just realized you that, never. You that, never seen what? That uh, that's Black Hitler. Where? Oh lord. <laughs> anyway, as always, my, is my mic cut? <laughs> it is now. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 